Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. For sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your What's up, everybody? Josh from the Cleaning Waivers Podcast coming at you with another episode this week. Uh, one day late. You know, life happens sometimes, so we're we're doing a little bit late, but rest assured it is a great show we've got a lot to talk about very excited about some more royals talk uh very royals heavy again this week but the, the chiefs are not really doing much and march madness not really kicking off just yet um but uh we are very excited about talking at royals once again uh with our new residency at royals review uh if you haven't checked out royalsreview.com definitely go check it out uh if you're coming to them via us uh, definitely go give them a look. Um, if you're part of Royals Review already, welcome. We uh, we appreciate having you listen to the Clearing Waivers podcast. Appreciate uh, all the support, whether it's through Royals Review or the podcast. But uh, yeah, we're going to get to clearing the waivers tonight. We're going to talk about uh, a couple reasons why we are optimistic about the Royals, a couple reasons why we are pessimistic about the Royals. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of the new Royals Hall of Fame vote coming up. We've got some... Uh, got some options and some opinions to get off of our chests if you will so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then get some shenanigans but before we do that uh let's check in with the co-host this week kitty how was your week uh it's a good week uh had to go get a uh, nasal swab today due to some uh close contact with someone that tested positive so Ooh, first that COVID, first covid test that nasal swab that's something man yeah <laughs> Really tickle your brain a little bit. Really does tickle your brain. I was gripping that steering wheel pretty tight. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think it was up there. <laughs> nice. But all came back. Quick test. All negative. So everything's there. Good. You go back in the, back in the lineup. Here you are. Ready to go. That's right. I can I, I can still have a home game. I, I could have gone back on the road again this week. It's but true. Home game it is. Okay. Well, we're home game. That's uh, home field advantage is always in our favor. Brian, how was your week? Uh, I mean, it was the same week that I've had for the past year pretty much so I'm not sure what I even happened it just all seems like a blur I'm just glad there's a light in the tunnel and no COVID test for me so yep give me that vaccine baby yep that's right we'll uh we'll hope to uh get that soon and we get out of our nightmare but it's wild that it's been uh just about a year since uh kind of coming up on the year anniversary of all this uh all this stuff kind of starting in or at least shutting us all down and and doing this uh, the way that we've been living life, but uh, yeah, it was the conference yeah. basketball tournaments. Yep, <laughs> we were we at work. They were just kicking off, and everybody's like, "Well, are we going to keep playing basketball?" <laughs> they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to keep playing basketball." Sure, yeah, no, that's well, fine. we're not going to keep playing basketball. Like, 
uh, I guess we're not going to keep playing basketball either. And then it's like, it felt like the world yeah. was ending in a day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we I went, do remember. I, I was at the big 12 uh, tournament games that Wednesday night to see, watch K-State play the, hmm. maybe that was, I think, well, I can't remember they were the first second game that night, but I watched one of the last basketball games played last year. So. There you go. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was uh, quite I, exciting. I, I, It'll be tough to rem- to forget the night uh, that all everything kind of all started shutting down. Is like Rudy Rudy Gobert thing happened. Tom Hanks got it, and then oh, the whole world fell apart after Tom Tommy Hanks got it. So <laughs> um, that was the first indicator for COVID uh, for for our household. But I do remember putting the kids to sleep and seeing just the just the the flies dropping. Like this person's got it now. This person's got it now. Okay, shut it all down. Shut it all yep. down. And then it was like a Thursday or Friday, and you heard rumors that the mayor was going to shut down the city, and you're like, uh-huh. oh, I guess we better live it up this Stock weekend. Up. Yep. <laughs> Get our happiness meter because we might might not be able to go out for another for a few weeks, guys. Yep. Right. Yeah. Weeks. Might might be down for a month. We'll be good. Never, sure. never back rock and roll again. Pass right over, and everything will be fine. <laughs> Well, on to on to more uh, uh, uplifting things. We've got to clear some waivers here. We're clearing the waivers. As we said last week, start of spring training happened. The hope rings the new uh, spring training for especially Royals fans across the uh, Kansas City area and across the world. Let's just go that way. Um, but we uh, leading into spring training. We've had some internal discussions amongst ourselves that we think that this fan base is way too pessimistic on these Royals. There are reasons to be optimistic about this, and we're going to find them here. We've all got uh, one apiece that we're going to kind of bring to the table and show you how optimistic that we're going to be, but we're also going to live in the real world, and we're going to come back and hit you with a little pessimism on the end of it. So let's get to the optimism first and good news first. We're going to start with that. Kitty, I'm going to start with you. What is your reason for being optimistic about the Royals this year? Mine is the pitching talent that is so close to making it. The oh, yeah. Most most uh, expensive currency in baseball is pitching, pitching, pitching. So you never have, never have too much. And all signs point to the Royals having a lot of potential good major league starting pitching arms coming up. We got Singer mm-hmm. and Bubich that came up last year and pitched the whole season, basically. And then you got Lynch, Kowar, and Lacey just – waiting in the wings, knocking on the door, hopefully come this year. And hopefully we'll see some, we'll at least one, hopefully two, maybe all three, even at some point this year, if they prove worthy of getting the call up and just force the Royals hand. Mm-hmm. And with that, you've already got, you've got Keller to lead the rotation, which is kind of the sneaky ace of major league baseball. If you, if you will, he gets Doesn't, lost in the shuffles like every time, like he's just yeah, he, as young as any of these guys are. Yeah, it's true too. He's he's just not flashy. He doesn't have that power yep. arm that gets you 10Ks a game where everyone kind of the new new model of baseball is at this point where mm-hmm. you want, oh, give me strikeouts, 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 strikeouts. But he just gets the job done day in, day out. Every fifth day, he's taking the ball, does his job, gets you to six or seven innings. All right, bullpen, finish it off for me. Mm-hmm. And then even with these young arms, you still you got Duffy and Minor ready to take two spots in rotation. And I don't think the Royals at this point either, if those young guys prove worthy, will have any reservations of throwing Duffy or Miner into the bullpen sure. if need be. So that's kind of a, a nice spot to be where you don't have a fifth starter type that's blocking a young guy because yep. they don't want to move him off the rotation or he's been paid too much money to move him off the rotation. Mm-hmm. 
Or so they, I feel could like go, this, they could save a little arm, a little tread on the tires and go six-man rotation this, this year. That, that too. Or, or even – yeah, or if you feel like maybe putting one of the young guys in the bullpen too to save some yeah. – so you can give him the kind of a swingman role where he comes in out of the bullpen if someone's struggling, get three innings that way every few days. Yep. There's a lot of options, a lot of arms. It's, I feel like that's the hardest thing to do in baseball is to – create a five-man legitimate five-man rotation and the royals really do appear to be knocking yep. on the door of having one of those for sure yep i like that it's it's no secret that the uh, uh the pitching depth is certainly there and it seems like there's really good ceiling to them too um mm-hmm. i think we've been talking about them for the last three years as a fan base and we just couldn't wait for them to 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 get to that point and it, we, I mean, like you said, Singer, Bubich, Artier, Lynch, uh, uh, Kowar, and Lacey theoretically knocking on the door. We could see all five of them at this year at some point, but uh, we'll see how it all goes here. I do appreciate the spring training getting to see a lot of those dudes. I haven't seen Lacey mm-hmm. yet, um, right. but seeing Kowar and Lynch and seeing those guys regularly is really, really cool. So um, I, I'm excited to be able to actually watch Royals baseball for a little bit, and then we'll see how the rest of this all works out. But uh, it is fun to see those guys pitch uh, to uh, theoretically major leaguers. So yep. it's uh, it's good to see that core nasty changeups today, nasty nasty changeups. Mm-hmm. Brian, what's your uh, reason for optimism here? We'll play off what you guys just said, though. First of all, I am leading the fanboy of Brad Keller. I love Keller, and like <laughs> you said, I don't think he gets enough hype. I know we call him Bad Brad, but I really want to start referring to him as the Clydesdale. Because he is Ooh. a Clydesdale. He's <laughs> yeah. big, yeah. he's strong, and when you need him to carry you to six or seven innings, he's got no problem. He says, get on yep. my back. I'm going to get you to those back into the relievers. If, if if our relievers need a break, I'm getting you to six and seven, and we're going to win this game. So, not flashy. Keller's a Clydesdale. Yep. Yeah. I not love a stallion. It. He's a Workhorse. Clydesdale, baby. Workhorse, like baby. But, uh, really no. Behind that. So, my like deal it. with this is uh, – if you are kind of a casual fan of the Royals and after they won the World Series and they got bad again, you kind of checked out. I get it. They, they weren't playing great baseball. It's hard to watch day in and day out of a team that's, that's losing. But I'm telling you, now is the time to jump back in. Dive back in. Watch these guys play every day because they are good all-around baseball team. They're, they are good on defense. They're, they got a strong lineup top to bottom. Maybe a couple holes there, but as a whole, I expect big things out of the lineup. I love our starting rotation, as Kitty said. I love our bullpen. They proven one of the best in baseball last year. I think they finished in the top 10-ish, depending on what stats you want to use. But everything's there for this team to, to become a winner. And like I said, we've said before, when like the win totals came out, and we're always, you know, more optimistic about it than Vegas is. They, they want them somewhere between 70 and 73 wins. I but would I really, call those op, more optimistic among Royals fans, yes. to be completely honest. A lot of times, yes. a lot of times yeah. <laughs> but I, I see this team as being, like I said before, it's closer to the 2013 team as the team that's probably not going to compete for the playoffs right now, but they're going to win a lot of games and show you what they're building towards. Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked at 2013 team. They went 86 and 76. From the season before, they were 72 and 90. So they made a huge leap. And really, the only additions they meet they made were they added Shields and Urban Santana, the rotation. That 2013 team still had starts from Luis Mendoza, Wade Davis, and Bruce Chin. And if you're asking me if I want to have this roster that we have right now or the 2013 <laughs> roster, I'll take what we got now. So that's the kind of hope that I, I have for this team. 
I mean, that lineup in 2013 wasn't anything to write home about either. We were still messing around with Chris Getz, for God's sakes. So, I mean, I I like this team. I think they're fun to watch. And as we've said before, when Josh Stalmont comes in the game, it's must-watch TV, baby. It's it's porn watching him pitch. It's 103 gas and a hook, hammer on his curveball. So anytime he enters the game, it's must-watch TV. I'm just excited about this team, and, and I'm imploring everybody to dive back in. This is, mm-hmm. this is a team to start watching. You need to start learning who these guys are because they've added real pieces, as we talked about before, that's just going to make this team stronger than they were last year. What did you say that 2013 record was? 86 and 76. Wow. What was the year that's... before that? 72 just... and 90. So here's the fun part. In 2020, they were on a 70 and 92 pace, meaning Ooh. this year – is yeah. that 86 win team 86 win yeah. season uh so yeah i like that get on board now because uh it, it's gonna start getting real exciting really fast i love well, I every think, point of that uh, onto that I, I think you can make it an uh an easy claim that when they added james shields and irvin santana which were two legitimate starters at the time irvin was kind of coming off an approve a deal but yep. james shields was an established player um i mean you could make the argument you know carlos santana mike minor andrew benintendi upgrading you and left field as far as the bat goes i mean i feel like they could make a bigger impact overall than even james shields and urban santana did to that team yeah yeah i think, I think that's fair the impact of james shields i think also he was one of those guys that his impact went way beyond the field clubhouse mm-hmm. guy just yep. really just teaching kit teaching the younger t- players how to win how to comp- uh, take care of yourself day in day out just how to be a real true major leaguer and win games. And I think Carlos Santana has that pedigree where he could be another yeah. guy that could teach some of the younger guys that same mentality or have that same mentality is work, be out there every day winning ball games and just comes from winning organizations that he's been with. And like we said, adding Gerard Dyson, but I mean, yeah. it may not make a whole lot of sense baseball wise, but clubhouse presence guys. I mean, everyone's going to listen to what Gerard has to say. And he's yeah. been on winning teams. He knows what it takes. So yeah, I'm all about Dayton is also all about that aspect mm-hmm. of it. That kind of gets yep. lost when you're just looking at a game that's driven by numbers, right? I mean, that, these guys, they're bringing in for, for reasons other than just they can, they can contribute numbers-wise. I mean, they can, they can help these younger guys get better and take that next step. Sure. And I think uh, one of the main players that kind of benefited the most from James Shields coming over was Danny Duffy. And I feel like Danny Duffy is now that role player. So we're still potentially benefiting from that James Shield trade in the way of James Shield's professional etiquette and mm-hmm. just how he does things being passed on to Duffy, who is actually taking on the mentor role uh, and running with it. And if you keep him around these young pitchers and kind of, I mean, they're just going to kind of keep shooting off that, uh, that wisdom that James Shields potentially brought back in that trade, which I mean, it's more like a ripple effect type of thing. Everything trickles down and, and impacts everybody. And um, I kind of think that that's what Danny Duffy's role is on that team. So anybody who wants to come after Danny Duffy's hide, you're going to have to come through me and my dead corpse first in the fog machine in the locker room. And yeah, we're going to be right. blaring 1738. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Guthrie's going to be in the corner, giving me Rick flares. <laughs> my, uh, my reason for optimism, basically, Brian, you kind of hinted on a little bit is this, is this lineup is not to be messed with anymore. There's not four or five holes in that lineup anymore. There might be two. And <laughs> there might be, there's probably two, maybe three, depending on what Mondesi does. 
but that's also one hell of a wild card to have in your back pocket <laughs> yeah if, if you're playing deuce is wild and modesty is your deuce boy uh, that that's one hell of a hell of a thing to kind of have on the back burner but um none of that young t- kitties kind of brought to the kitchen with the uh with the young pitchers is going to matter whenever you have chester cuthbert playing first base or kelvin gutierrez <laughs> or bubba starling or ryan o'hearn he might be in the best shape of his life um <laughs> or any of these these dayton du jour guys that are just kind of trying to fill in rebound and and prove that they can still play this game we don't have that anymore um there's still Nikki Lopez trying to make make something work. Michael A. Taylor still has yet to be seen, um, and we'll see how that kind of goes. But that's just two guys. We have seven spots legitimately that can make it ring every time they're up to bat, and I'm pumped about that. Last team's last season's offense had a 92 OPS plus, just a just below average, but they had the fifth lowest runs per game in the majors, the fifth, fourth lowest on base percentage, the seventh worst average with runners in scoring position and the sixth worth OPS with runners in scoring position. You're basically taking Bubba out of the lineup for, for Michael A. Taylor. And he had a Bubba had a 544 OPS over the last two seasons. So even like bad Michael A. Taylor, he's projected to go 687 OPS this year. That's already yeah. an improvement, <laughs> right? And he, so, and he like and he brings a defense, so yes, yeah. he's not a zero out there. It's not right, yeah, it's, right. And you get away a, with it's that. A, it's a can't lose deal. So it's you know it is what it is. And I, I feel like Jared Gerard Dyson is kind of the Michael A. Taylor insurance, but. I mean, Michael A. Taylor is leading the Royals in OPS in the spring training. So <laughs> I think last I saw, it was like a, he had like 1,800 OPS for spring training right now. Six yep. at bats, seven at bats here. Yeah, something like <laughs> Keep that. Keep it up. <laughs> but uh, you're also potentially bringing Carlos Santana, projected to have a 785, replacing Ryan O'Hearn with a 638 OPS over the last two seasons. Yeah. Brian, you mentioned Ben Attendee over Gordo. It's a 762 to 710 benefit, or improvement. And even Nikki Lopez is projected to have a 640 OPS better than a 586. So even those additions, they're going to be an improvement in and of itself. And this team, after their three and 10 start, they went 23 and 24 the rest of the season. When Keller came back, when Dozier came back, when O'Hearn came back, they actually played just under 500 ball. It did take one hell of a streak there at the end to kind of get that point. But I mean, that's nothing to, 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 you know, snub your nose at that's just under 500 is much better than a hundred lost season. So I'll take that any day. And I'm going to say it here. I, I said, improve Nikki Lopez to improve the lineup over last season's Nikki Lopez, but there's a young man. <laughs> <laughs> some call him the future of the Kansas city Royals and he is putting on a hell of a show, whether it's on defense, making diving shorts, di- diving catches in the uh, back of the infield at second base or hitting 480 foot four foot bombs over the fence. Bobby Witt jr. Is one hell of a talent. And I am finding it hard to believe. I'm not saying I'm just saying, I find it hard to believe that he cannot do and bring more to the table than Nicky Lopez. We said it last week that it's probably not. I mean, we wanted Brady Singer to be kept down for the six days. So we got that extra year, but it's go time. This is, we're not, we're not messing around anymore in Kansas city. 
you either produce or get the hell out of the way. And I feel like Bobby Witt Jr. has put and said way more on the field than Nicky Lopez has so far, whether it's the alt site news coming out or everything we've seen from the summer camp up to spring training now. It just seems like he has better at bats. He's just doing things all around better than Nicky Lopez right now. He probably still needs to show that on an everyday basis. I don't, I haven't seen any outside information just going off of what they've said had did happen, but I am not so sold that he is not better than Nicky Lopez in this lineup right now. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it'd be hard to be a worse bat than Nicky Lopez at this point right now. So you've got that going for him. And sure. I mean, I, I would really like to see Bobby Witt Jr. Start the year at second base. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. It and seems on, like go, Brian. I mean, on the other side of that, this, as far as I know, would be a, basically a completely unprecedented move to have a guy that's played essentially one <laughs> minor league season coming mm-hmm. out of high school. This, I mean, this has he happened when, with guys coming out of college. He came out of high school and he played rookie ball in minor leagues. Right. Uh, so this would be a completely wild move. That being said, I don't want a GM or a, a franchise to beat that wants to live in a box and says, you got to have 750 at bats in the minors before you get to sniff the majors. You got to mm-hmm. prove your worth at the minors before you can get to the majors. I don't want that GM and Dayton has said it all along. It's usually referring to pitchers when they're ready. I'm not holding them back. He doesn't and game service time, Brian. He, he doesn't, doesn't game do it. service time. Right. And <laughs> And I will say last year was a completely unprecedented time. Um, <clears throat> typically, these guys come up through the minors grinding. They have to prove each level if they can handle that level. Last summer, Bobby Wood Jr. every day got to face our best pitching prospects that he wouldn't have faced if he was at single A. Mm-hmm. We have a, a system where we have – Pro, the best pitching prospects in baseball, some would say, as a as a group that are ready to break through. He faced these guys every day. So everything that came out of that summer camp said, this guy's incredible. I mean, they couldn't stop talking about him. They didn't need mm-hmm. to talk about him. To, they, I mean, this guy should not even be talked about. He's he's three years away from being ready, right? A non-star, yeah, non-starter, yeah. These weren't fans saying this. These were coaches. These were his players on the field with him saying, this guy's incredible. In spring training this year, they ask him about Bobby Wood Jr. Players like Hunter Dozier, Whit Merrifield, Danny Duffy, they say this guy's a freak. I mean, it's not just fans that are pumping up a prospect for once. It's the guys on the team, and it's guys in the system that are coaching him, saying uh, we can't explain it type of thing. Like every Mm -hmm. day he does something that we just can't really explain to you. So we may be dealing with a special player here. I mean – when you look at it's a completely different game, but you look at basketball. When LeBron James came out of high school, any other kid coming out of high school, you probably say, okay, if you throw them in the NBA, they're going to have to earn their stripes for a few years before they can really contribute to anything. Right. LeBron James comes out of high school and he was the man. On, yeah. He was the man on the cast immediately. Like it's very rare that something like this happens, but is it happening here? I mean, we're not the ones pumping them up, right? This is coming from the team. I mean, we are too, but <laughs> we are living in a in a land of Patrick Mahomes as our quarterback. So maybe we are looking a little bit uh, tainted, a little rose colored glasses type of thing. But I, I, I mean, I get the the pessimist or the re- realist, sure. as they all want to call themselves. Pessimists always want to say they're realist, right? Yeah, right here, right here. Oh, no, that's me. 
<laughs> they want to say, you know, fans are pumping up this guy. They don't even know. They have no idea how to develop guys, how development works of a prospect, blah, 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 blah. I get that. I get Twitter, Fair. Sherpy, yep. all that stuff. They don't know shit. What we're hearing is coming from internally. Like, yep. this is totally different than any prospect we've ever had on this team, as far as I can remember. I mean, they're pumping up Daniel Lynch, but Daniel Lynch came out of college. He's he's much right. more ready to be thrown into the fire early. So, I mean, I get I get people saying pump the brakes on expectations here, but I also say it's not nothing that they're starting him at second base quite frequently now Regularly, yeah. when Mondesi's not even mm-hmm. starting to shortstop. They're mm-hmm. starting hands are over there or somebody else, and he's starting at second. I mean, I don't think that's that's not nothing. I mean, yeah. they they know right. that second base was a hole for them last year, and so far, Nicky hasn't shown them anything different. Mm-hmm. So they're giving him real looks at second base against starting major league pitchers that are getting their works early in the game instead of bringing them in the seventh inning. I, when I go back through and look at the starting lineups they trotted out there, they don't start many guys that have zero chance of starting with this team. Yep. Bingo. I, I, I went back and yeah. looked, and like Kyle Isbell started a couple games. Couple He's probably games, not yeah. going to break with the team, right? Mm-hmm. Other than that, Eric Mejia, I think, started at shortstop one day. He's probably not going to break with the team. Kelvin Gutierrez probably has a start or two as well. But those guys are completely different than what we're talking about with Bobby Witt Jr. And yep. he's getting looks that no other young guy would be getting. And I, I just think there might be something to it. Uh, Dayton told us basically before spring training started that, you know, there's really no way we, he's he's going to start in the minors. And we're going to do this traditional <laughs> way. And I bet they're having talks this spring about, is this really going to be a discussion now? By the end of spring right. training, I wonder if it's not a real discussion. Yeah. Well, I wonder how much the spring training for AAA or all those some levels are just getting pushed back a month. Yep. Right. Yeah. Is, is it worth hold having him do expen- extended spring training point. for another for another month rather than just playing MLB games? Yep. And so. they speaking of that conversation i think matini's already been on the record being like i gotta keep telling myself that it's not an option i gotta keep saying that you know that <laughs> we can't have bobby witt on this team yet and i think the more the more the closer we get to it the more case that he's making the more resume he's building i'm very interested to see uh, where we are at this point i mean it was the same situation as fernando tatis last last year with the padres he played really well in spring training pretty much knocking on the door he did have a really good season and a half in the minors to kind of back up that part, but still one of 20 years old at the time, 19 and uh, a bunch of the players lobbied to be like, he needs to be up here now. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and do this. <clears throat> so uh, that's kind of what it reads to me a little bit is, is that situation. Like Brian said, we're not, obviously we're not ins and outs of developing a prospect. We are not able to appear behind the curtain, but like Brian said, these are trained eyes that are saying this. These are people that, look at players every day, hundreds of players every day, and they are still kind of going out of their way to talk about how good Bobby Wood Jr. is. And that, my friends, is smoke. And yep. there, well, there's smoke. <laughs> there is some fire in it. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think that's, I mean, we're pretty optimistic as a group here. Their Vegas over-under win is 72 and a half this season. And I honestly think that that's easy money. I feel yep. like that is a very, very easy mm-hmm. bet to get, get the over on that. So, um, like I said, we have a little bit optimism. We're kind of known for that, especially in the Kansas City fan base. So we're going to bring it back. We're going to give you a little bit on the other end. We're going to get a little pessimistic on this team. I'm going to go first here. Yep. 
better might not mean playoff bound. Playoff bound still seems very much like a pipe dream. And I think that that speaks, they're going to be better. No doubt in my mind, they're going to be better than they were last year, but they have a gauntlet in that American league. They are one of nine teams. I think on that, on that tier in my head that, that are vying for a six to eight team uh, expanded postseason, depending on what they decide. I still don't think they've decided on that fear, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think the Yankees, White Sox, Rays, Blue Jays, and Astros probably have a better roster on paper. I think that they are uh, uh, definitely in good shape to be better than the Royals here. <laughs> but then I, I mean, I got them on the same tier as kind of like the twins, the A's, the Indians, and the angels, all those probably have less like, if this happens, then it'll be fine. And they're going to, they're going to be making the postseason. But I think, I mean, I, I think you can make a case that they're right there with the Royals as far as, you know, it could happen type of thing. I, I'm not scared of any of those other teams. And uh, uh, I would probably put the Royals up against them any day of the week and expect them to, um, to compete and be right there with them. But I'm also not naive to, to completely forget about what happened in the last five seasons, 2017, <laughs> 81 and 81. Yeah. 20, I'm sorry, that was 2016, 81, 81, 2017, 80, and 82, 2018, 58, and 104, 2019, 59, and 103. And like Yikes. I said, last last year was a 70 and 92 pace. They currently have the second worst odds to win the AL Central at plus 4,000. Wow. Cleveland is plus 700 with third place. I can't believe plus 4,000 is, is what the Royals are bringing in. <clears throat> their third worst odds to win the AL outright. And they have the seventh lowest over under in the league uh, at 72 and a half. So <clears throat> I think that this team is going to be better for sure. And I, like I said, I think it's going to be easy money to hit the over on wins, but I'm still not necessarily as optimistic about them making the playoffs at this point. I think there's still plenty of teams that could, uh, could hurt their chances to make the postseason. Um, but you know, anything could happen at this point, but I just think it's a very crowded field in the American league, especially. So that's why I'm pessimistic on the Royals this season. Um, not necessarily, I think there'll be an improvement, but it's going to be tough road to haul if you're, if you're thinking postseason here. So. Right. And that, I mean, the central with you're hoping maybe the Indians have fallen off. Maybe they haven't been able to retool again that quickly with all the guys they got rid of, but the white Sox look pretty good. The twins have just seem like they just smoke and mirrors their way to 95 wins every year now yeah, unbelievable so, i don't know i don't know it's they're so old man they're so old <laughs> balls in the meat of their in the meat of their lineup so it's just still a tough division to get through to sure, break sure. through into that top spots so, or top two range just to get to that postseason so it's still yep. as optimistic as you can be it's still there's still some horses in the division you got to work mm-hmm. out i mean tigers hopefully we can beat, beat up on them this year they can be a little frisky as well. They got a very good a young, lot of young, young guys. Yep. But we'll I, yeah, I'm totally ready. The twins, I need them to find that cliff and fall <laughs> off because I'm ready to go mono and mono with White Sox fans. They can oh, kiss my go. ass. <laughs> Every year we got to hear about how great their up new prospect is. And I mean, they're a very good team and very dangerous team. They'll probably win the division this year. I, I, if I were picking one, I think the Twins would take a step back and the White Sox would probably win it. But White Sox are minus 130 to win it. Okay. Oh, I, I'm ready to go to war the next four years with those assholes. <laughs> Not next year. Next three, two years. Two years. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know how long our window's open. But we, right. we, they beat our brains in last season. 
if they sure did. If that's when Bobby Witt Jr. is ready to take the reins of this team, mate, who knows what we can do. Yep. Your story. <laughs> let's uh, let's go into uh, Brian. What's your reason for pessimism? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're going pessimism. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. we're pessimism. Yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting back off. We're still going. Even my yeah, even <laughs> my pessimism that. was still pretty optimistic. <laughs> All right. So we're my realists reason, here. My reason. <laughs> my reasoning for it, it it may not turn out the way we all hope it should be would be the bullpen, which was the strength of this team last year, uh, could quickly become a weakness for this team. I, I feel like, um, cause I think they're going to come, they're going to start this year with the many of these veteran guys. They're trying to see what they have left. I think I could definitely see Wade Davis, Brad Brock, both being in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Zimmer, Jesse Hahn for other reasons have kind of let you down in the past, with their injuries, mm-hmm. um, Wade Davis looked good to start in Colorado and then it just kind of fell apart for him. So will that happen as the season goes along? Brad Brock kind of has a saying, he was one of the most dominant too a few years ago and he kind of fell off the map. Is he really recovered? Greg Brian Holland. Madsen. Let's say Greg, Brian Madsen. Yeah. Brian Madsen. We could be looking at a, like a bread and mouter situation <laughs> where sure. We stick with one of these guys a little too long when we've got young guys chomping at the bit to to take their role. I just hope we don't stick with a guy that's looking not up to par as long as we have in the past. Because like you said, time's running out and the window's here. We need to do whatever we can to make this team the best it can be. And um, I mean, Greg Holland has a major league. uh, He was one of the best relievers in the majors last year in the shortened season. Sub but two ERA. We've seen him on the second half of the year kind of fall apart and get released by teams through the years too. So I expect some of these guys to turn into pumpkins at some point and we have to replace them. I don't think they're going to be, all those guys are going to be as dominant as they were last year. So it's just going to be a matter of being able to pull the trigger on some of those guys that we may be personally invested in and, you know, yep. sentimental value. Um, Cause we do have young arms chomping at the bit to, to contribute to this team. And, uh, so I, I think the bullpen is an area that could go from a strength to a weakness unless they're willing to make moves to uh, shore it up. Sure, sure. I think that's fair for sure. There's a lot of youth in there too, and I mean, yep. young relievers are volatile, but I do think yep. that they do have some pretty good uh, depth in that bullpen as well. So we'll see how that goes. Kitty, what's your uh, reason for pessimism here? All right, even after my optimistic reason of pitching, my pessimism is. Royals can't develop starting pitching. I mean, <laughs> since Dayton took over as GM, our drafts from 2007 to basically 2017 turned up jack shit. Yeah, not great. I mean, Danny Duffy, third round pick in 07. That's basically all you've got out of 12 years of drafts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I mean, I'm just and I'm just taking. I'm going to go first rounders only. And they haven't even lucked into anybody except Jake Junis in 20, 2011, who was the 29th rounder. Like a lot of teams, like their pitching staffs aren't all first rounders. Right. You luck into a guy that somehow you teach him a, another pitch and, oh, lights turn on and he's becomes a starting pitch in the majors. I mean, there is nobody that the Royals have drafted <laughs> before 2018, aside from Duffy, that is a major league pitcher. It's bizarre. Uh, you I probably mean, count Sean Mania. That was he, one he I had on the list. Pick. Yeah, 2013, but he got moved to the Oakland A's so quickly in his career <laughs> as a Royal that we didn't really do a whole lot for him. 
like sure. here's some here's some, look at these fun names uh let's see to. i don't want mike, to. Mike, mike montgomery 2008 at least he's but he got traded away before making a major so i'm not sure how much the world's had to do with him aaron crow 2009 kyle zimmer 2000, zimmer 2012 sean Manias 2013 finnegan in 2014 he was part of the cueto trade so but that worked out pretty well for us yep. uh 2014 another one foster griffin okay. uh Want to hear I, these names? I have no idea who they are. Ash Russell, and Nolan Watson. There they are. Ash yeah. Russell, Nolan Watson. Who the hell are these guys? That's how bad those well, first round draft picks were. They, they're still in the system. <laughs> Ash Russell took a little break, a little hiatus. He he had a little uh, uh, little episode. I think Grinky esque type of episode, but he's okay. apparently back issues. in the system. Nolan Watson also is apparently doing well. So we'll see. All right. Well, good. Let's hope they uh, turn Jerry things can around. Still be out. That's yep. you never know. But I mean, that's just, there is just like, that's pathetic. Not good. Just absolutely pathetic to only basically have Danny Duffy out of 10 years, 12 years of drafting. I can't remember. Was was Hoshaver a Dayton pick? uh, I think that was right at the transition. Yeah, I think that that was right at the transition. Right there. I couldn't, I don't have him written down. (laughs) He may have been later than first round, so I didn't didn't write his name down. Hoshaver's number one pick. Yeah, he's number one. Well, then he must have been just before. He may have been yeah. 06, the first, Probably maybe that so. first, that first technically maybe Dayton draft, but not Dayton kind of just said, I don't know much, but right. you guys do your thing in that one. So, but hopefully 2018, they got four first rounders there. And then maybe this in 2020, hopefully Asa Lacey, hopefully these, these five guys change the, uh, the narrative of the Royals can't develop starting pitching. Well, that's also throwing out like the Alec Marshes, the Austin Coxes, the John Heasleys, the John Bolins. I mean, they they still have other dudes in there that could be, uh, could be guys, could be yep. dudes uh, that we're starting to see in spring training a little bit more and pitching well too. So once they get another good season of minor league baseball under, and they may be in the mix as well. Angel on Angel Zerpa, a name I've never heard before. This forty man roster, he's edition. on the forty man. <laughs> he's there. Hello. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, I do understand the concern because that track right. record is as good as quarterbacks for the Chiefs. Not good. <laughs> Before Mahomes, yeah. Pre Mahomes yeah. Chiefs drafting of QBs. Exactly. But Mahomes hey, just changes just, everything. Just takes one. So you get maybe I mean, just takes one seat, maybe just maybe one draft alone could be just yeah. all it takes with the uh that twenty eighteen draft. That's right. So yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that all kind of turns out. I, I think it's there's certainly reason for uh, uh, pessimism in both the, the 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 wave of pitchers coming up, but also the Royals in general. We can totally understand the uh, uh, the arguments in the cases to be pessimistic about them, but let's just try to be positive for just a little bit longer. Let them <laughs> yeah, go exactly. out and show us why they're going to lose a hundred games again before we just jump to conclusions <laughs> and say that. Bobby Wood Jr. is not going to come up because it's a wasted season anyway, so it's going to be a wasted season. Bobby Wood, I don't want to hear it. It's time to go. <laughs> time to go. Optimism from here on. Positive vibes sending out to the universe. Will it into existence? Let's go. Yes. And maybe, maybe if that happens, we're going to start talking about some down the road, maybe some new Royals Hall of Fame candidates that are part of this uh, part of this group that we're talking about. The Royals last week announced that pretty much seven players uh, were eligible for vote to be in the Royals Hall of Fame, the inducted the Royals Hall of Fame. Uh, to get in, they have to play for the Royals for three seasons and uh, uh, account for either 1,500 plate appearances or 3,000 innings pitched. Those seven players are Carlos Beltran, Billy Butler, 
Kyle Davies, Johnny <laughs> Damon, Jeremy Guthrie, uh, Luke Hoshaver, and Jordano Ventura. Uh, currently, there are 26 members in the Hall of Fame and only 19 players in that Hall of Fame group. So uh, we're going to kind of give who we're going to vote for out of that group, why, quickly, why, and uh, uh, maybe tear each other down while we're uh, in the <laughs> middle of it. So, um, Kitty, I'm going to start with you. Who, who's who got your vote to join the Royals Hall of Fame this season? I've got Carlos Beltran and Carlos Beltran alone on my, <laughs> on my yep. ballot. That's it. Yep. I mean, he was – I mean, the, the biggest issue with him was just – he got young or he was about to uh, age out of the price out of the Royals, I should say. Mm -hmm. And so they had to trade him after six and a half seasons, Mm -hmm. but man, those six and a half seasons of watching him play ball was fun. So good. I was legit. And I think I looked when I was looking at the Royals franchise page on baseball reference, he was around the 11th or 12th uh, rated Royal in war. 13th. I got it. it 13. Okay. 12, 13. I mean, so to me, that's, he's there. He was good enough. I mean, God, I wish Howard Baird wasn't a dummy when he traded him away for what he got back, but <laughs> it seemed like he could have made a little more impact even by getting traded away. Could have been more of an impact from Beltran uh, if he had a better there's, GM at the time. There's stories of uh, first they had an extension that they thought that right. was going to get worked out with them, and for some reason I've didn't. heard that. And then there was a trade with the Rangers where it was going to bring like, like Michael Young, like decent players. Better and players. That fell than- through. And then yeah. we went and dealt him to the Astros. Was it? It was Astros, wasn't it? Astros. It was a three-teamer. Was, I think Oakland was part of it, too. But yeah. we got John Buck, Mark Tehan, and Mike Wood. Oh, I man. Mean, what, a, what a trio. Hey, they <laughs> were on the team for a long time. They were. <laughs> <laughs> Old teabags. He was around for a long time. His career, man, it crashed out quick. Yeah, it did. I was surprised by that. Yeah. I figured he, I mean, he, because he, he came out. Played pretty well when he came back to the Royals initially, but mm-hmm. quick death print. So I'm just I'm Beltran only. The other guys, you're no sorry. I'm I'll let you guys maybe and we'll talk some more. But that's my Beltran alone for me. That's it. Well, uh, to be honest with you, my first run through, I didn't think any of these guys were in it. Um, okay. And then I kind of started looking at it, kind of setting the bar. Brian and I talked about it, like going off of who's already in type of thing. We did mm-hmm. say that Beltron was 13th in, in Royals franchise and war with 24.8. So I think I did come around. He's ahead of like six different guys who are already in. So Beltron's got to get in. I don't like that he's a journeyman. He played for seven teams total, uh, but he did come up as a Royal. So I think that he should be part of the Royals Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I do th- also think that Giordano gets some kind of honorary member type of thing. He He's kind of a weird thing because he his – range of outcomes prior to his death was vast it was alberto mondesi vast he he very well could have been a cy young candidate at some point um he also might have been traded for a bag of balls we were just done with his <laughs> uh weird antics there for a little while right. I, I, there was plenty of trade talk back when he was uh, still with the royals but um i do think that with his tragic loss i think that that's uh, one of those um, all the branches are kind of morale boosters for the fan base as well to kind of re- a good remembrance of him as well. So I think he'll become an honorary member of the Rose Hall of Fame at some point. Uh, yeah, he was on like my list. First one. He was on my list of I'm not going to be upset if he gets in. Right. I don't think like, I can't would. imagine anyone's going, oh, whoa, that's ridiculous. But I could also see them 
him not getting in and like, okay, it makes he's only pitched for three seasons. Uh-huh. So there's that. But so yeah. he's kind of he's he's that case where no matter whichever way it goes, I'm fine with whatever happens. One hundred percent. Yep. The other guys Brian? can kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what's your where are your votes coming from? Or going to, I should say. Well, anytime these debates come up of whether they belong in the Hall of Fame, I always have to look at, well, who's in the Hall of Fame already? Like, because every sport across, I mean, they have different standards. Sometimes bums get in. Sometimes you have to be <laughs> the true elite to get in. So, I, I mean, I go back and scan over the performances from our <laughs> current Hall of Fame members. And boys, let me tell you, we've got some absolute stinky hitters in this <laughs> Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm going to piss off the olds because <laughs> there were those olds don't listen to us, Brian. There was they, don't some, to get, they don't know how to get podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> there were some fan favorites through the years, but Freddie Potek and Frank White were absolutely shit at the plate. They yep. they might as well be, be great. They won some gold gloves. They won all star appearances. But when I say they were bad hitters, I mean, they were basically on par with Chris Getz and any any fan of the Royals in the past 10 years knows how bad we wanted to get rid of Chris Getz because his bat stinks. I mean, Chris Getz, he, he batted 248 with a 305 on base percentage. Freddie Patek career with the Royals, 241 average, 309 on base percentage. <laughs> well, that's different era, different era, right? Different era. Frank White career as a Royal, 255 uh, average, 293 OBP. He didn't get on base 300. I mean, Jesus, we left these guys in the Hall of Fame because we liked them and they played for the Royals for a long time. Mm-hmm. No one valued walks back then. It was a different game. Different game. It is crazy to me. <laughs> so, like, I look at this list and I'm like, well, based on their performances, let them all in. I, yeah. But no, it's not, not where I'm going. <laughs> Everyone but Davies, come on in. You're, you're coming in. Come yeah, on, Davies. You get out of here. So, the other I'll let you in here. The other observation was either your guys like that, they're fan favorites. You played here 10 more years and you were a really good player, at least Mm -hmm. in some capacity, or you you were really good in your short time. The shortest time I saw here that was in the Hall of Fame was John Mayberry had six years here. And I mean, he had a 132 OPS plus with his team with the Royals. So that guy mashed, he he put up legit numbers. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. So I look at that and then you look at, Butler had eight years here. Beltron had seven years here. Damon had six. So they're all kind of, if they perform while they're here, get them in, right? Uh, Damon had a 101 OPS plus. He was never really considered elite while he was here. Uh, Beltron was a 111 OPS plus, but you said he contributed to defense too. He's, for me, he's right there on the border as far as getting in and out. Um, I, I, would, I would say his game was probably similar to Amos Otis, but Amos spent 14 years here, so he was obviously a legend. He yeah. ended with a 118 OPS plus. Um, so Beltron's right on the line for me. I, I voted I, I voted against him on that uh, in this just because <sighs> wow, gross. He became a he became a great player after you left here. We got he half was, a year so of his good. first All Star season. <laughs> yep, they traded him during his first All Star season. <laughs> and it pissed me off so bad. I still might be bitter, and maybe that's why he didn't get my vote. It wasn't any fault Ugh. of his. <laughs> but that still uh, grinds my gears. Sure. But I am absolutely putting Country Breakfast in. He gets my vote. Whoa. <laughs> Country Breakfast didn't get 
the respect he deserves because he played on horrible teams, but he mm-hmm. was almost he the, played DH. He was almost the exact same player as Mike Sweeney, and Mike Sweeney is in the Hall of Fame. They have almost identical numbers. If you look at their numbers as Royals, Sweeney, 299 average, 369 on-base, 120 OPS plus. Butler, 295 average, 359 on-base, 119 OPS plus. I mean, we're talking about the same guy if you talk about results. And Mike Sweeney had the longevity here, so he gets to be the no-brainer, even though half the fan base hates him because we chose him over Beltron. <laughs> I'm in that group. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll I'll put Butler in, take Sweeney out. That's what we're gonna do. We can just oh, replace. Oh, there him. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> I was just gonna look up. Uh... Yeah, Butler was on my list. I put him as close, but I ultimately left him off. I mean, I just I didn't realize yeah how solid of a hitter he was because he was always he was just so. It's one of those they pump up. You always every team pumps up their own prospects. Yeah. And Butler was a the guy they drafted, the guy they developed. He was just raking in the minor leagues, and he got to the majors. You know, oh, he hits two ninety nine. Like, he was viewed I mean, as a disappointment. I wanted, this, I wanted this guy to hit three thirty when he came yeah. up here, and he never did. So, just kind of to me, ultimately, he got hyped up too much for for me when as a fan. So then I always thought he was a disappointment, even though he was actually a just a solid major league hitter for so many years. So yeah. here's 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 the uh, the big hitter against him mike sweeney had a uzr a career uzr per 150 rating of minus 2.7 we talking about so, first base defense yes we are we are watching we <laughs> Get are talking out of here. about that billy butler was a minus 55.6 uh-huh. <laughs> he didn't even play enough to get that bad you wouldn't think <laughs> Hey, hold on. No, that's wrong. He did, but he debuted in left field. I mean, the guy has that range. was that was in the outfield. He was a oh, negative fifty five point six. The, the left outfield. field. Oh my god! Put him, give him a frying pan instead of a glove. It'd be better. I was at that game. Here you go. He was a negative four point nine career UZR per one fifty. So what do still, they know? That's no. I mean, that's really close to your it's, case. Still, I mean, yeah, he's right still there. not that bad. Sweeney was a much more of a brick wall at first base. Ball bounces sure off seems him, like his it. glove. He came as a catcher, so that makes that mentality makes sense. But my other yeah, takeaway I, from hmm. this was what's really going to be difficult is how we judge the guys that are on the 2015 team. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of those guys get in? Because, I Salvi, mean. Locaine gets in from like, – Locaine. Like, Hosmer. Hosmer probably Moose? gets in. Moose is on that – If Hosmer Moose gets in, Moose got to, right? That's close. Here's my big one. I Dave talked Duffy. about es- Alcides Escobar. Alcides Escobar. He's basically <laughs> the same hitter as Freddie Pontek and Frank White. And he was known for his defense early in his career. He just had such big hits in the postseason. And oh. he was ALCS MVP. It'd be hard. It's going to, that's a tough one. Yeah. That'll be if, interesting. Mm-hmm. So happens if then. we're going to look at what, what's, who's in there now, I mean, Alcides Escobar has to be in there. Jesus. That, that uh, Hall of Fame group is going to double in size. Alice Gordon's in. Yeah, <laughs> Alice Gordon's definitely in. Yeah. Interesting. Wait, Johnny Dave, Gomes definitely waiter. in. Johnny Gomes. <laughs> <laughs> Omar Infante. I mean, might Palo, as well. Palo, Palo Orlando. Palo Orlando. Sure. sure, sure, sure. Rios. Josh Willingham. Yeah. Let's Heroes. just do it. Let's just do it. Raul Banez. There it is. Aoki. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nori. Nori's got to get in. 
He he just brought so much joy to the fan base by getting balls him and really the crank did. all the time. I can't believe how many times he took him to the D. Spinning like a top when he missed the ball. <laughs> yep. That's I do miss Nori Aoki. He was a blast. And he was I mean, his first year here was pretty productive. Yep. Got exactly what you wanted from him. So yeah, that's the that's our how our Hall of Fame votes that we're not going to get to cast cast officially would have fallen. Um, congratulations to Carlos Beltran and uh, Billy Butler. You get you get out right now. <laughs> Batting coach for the Idaho Falls Chukers, by the way, Billy Butler. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll so, help them. That's Still gonna is- we're we're gonna close out the clearing the waivers segment here, and uh, we're gonna get to Janine's right after this. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. I mean, it hits, hits every time, hits me right in the feels. Um, <laughs> the good one. This, we missed the draft last week. We heard from you. We heard from you, good listeners. We're bringing it back. We're so sorry we missed a week, but uh, we're going to waiver wire draft this. Um, after all the things we've said, all the things we're so smart about, and we know exactly and definitively that this is going to happen, there's a lot of things that we don't know, a lot of things that we are uh, blissfully ignorant about. And uh, so we're going <laughs> to. Uh, we're going to draft the things that we are ignorant about that are undeniably popular. So uh, we're going to get in on that here. I'm going to start with uh, Kitty's going to have the first pick, then Brian, then me. We're going to go snake and uh, see where it takes us here. So Kitty, what is the first thing that you are undeniably ignorant about? Uh, For me, it is how much joy people get out of watching other people play video games. No, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I can understand maybe watch it 10, 20 minutes, just kind of see how someone else plays a game that you're maybe not great at just to get some pointers. But I mean, people are just spending hours and hours just watching someone else be awesome. I mean, it's, I guess it's cool to watch someone be awesome at a game, but don't you want to play the game yourself instead of just watch this guy every time? I mean, I it just doesn't, yep. I just, I can't wrap my head around it. If someone that, if you play this game and you like it, but you're just rather – I'm just going to watch this other guy play and for five hours tonight. That's, right. that's, that's, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. And it's I, not – I mean, it's not small. It's millions of people right, making I mean, millions of dollars doing yeah, this. Yeah, these guys just have these huge followings, get sponsored by Red Bull Energy Drink or whatever else is out uh-huh, there to sponsor sure. kids, sponsor these people. It's, it's, it's huge business. I yep. am just shocked by it. But, I mean, basically everyone in their – probably twenties for the most part is a, is huge into that. I think at this point, maybe they're like, you know, maybe a little younger, but for me, I'm just, it is, cannot, I cannot comprehend the, 
joy it get people get from watching someone else play a video game my theory is it's all the only children in our in our society <laughs> because i i probably i was probably brian's number one fan when it came to uh i was if he was live streaming <laughs> back in the day i was right behind him on the bed watching him hit hit dingers in rbi baseball yeah, or water fights and blades of steel uh so i, I understand that aspect there so that's go. my theory this sense. is just all the only only children that had didn't have older siblings growing up that wouldn't give them uh, a turn on the sticks. That's a good. That's theory. my theory. That's good. Brian, be. what's I, your uh, what's your number one pick? I'm going cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Bitcoin, those like different versions of this cryptocurrency. I don't understand it one bit. It seems to be hot in the streets with the the young ones again. Probably the ones <laughs> watching Twitch and watching uh-huh. video games. I. I mean, I've looked up multiple times, like trying to understand what this is. Like I get like four sentences in and I go cross-eyed. Like I, <laughs> yep. I don't understand it. I, what's it based off? Why does it go up and down? You, it's yep. a form of currency that you can't always just readily get at that price or like it's priced at this price, but you may not get that if you cash out. It's like, what the hell is cryptocurrency? I don't get it. I don't want to yep. get it. I, I don't want to put any money into it because it's, it just sounds like a gigantic scam. Uh-huh. So count me out on cryptocurrency. I'm ignorant to it. I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to get it away. Right. I remember I was probably about two years ago when it had its first real big spike and then drop and then kind of rebound a little bit. And I was asking some guys at work about it. Cause one of these guys is, was a younger guy. He's oh yeah, it's blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of got all sudden my eyes just got glassy. <laughs> And just didn't I just lost every ounce of brain power in my head at that point. And right. that was back when it was, I think, around two thousand dollars. And now it's at fifty thousand for right. Bitcoin. So I should have just trusted this guy and bought a couple. <laughs> yeah. So why but, the other thing is like there's so many like so many of them now. Why is there still just like one or two main ones? I don't that, I don't yeah. understand that. Why did they why, catch yeah, on and the other ones didn't? Mm-hmm. Seems just as viable for my dumb brain. So who knows? Yeah, same here. My my first pick might get us canceled. It might get us thrown us off the internet <laughs> at this point. Because for the life of me, I don't understand what and why K-pop is a thing. It's <laughs> it, it, it's it's fine music. I'm not I'm not saying it's not good music. I'm just their following is so powerful. Oh yeah, so plentiful. They have so much impact. And yet, I, I I couldn't even begin to tell you outside of BTK is what <laughs> that the main one that has like seventeen members in it for some sure. reason. The, the BTK I know is from Wichita, which I don't think we want to bring him. <laughs> oh, that's true. And the I, I know it's not B2K because that's that's the R&B group from back in the day, right? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> but every, every day one of them has a birthday on Twitter and it's, <laughs> it's number one trending every damn day. There's some one, another member has a birthday and it's trending again. So K-pop, I don't understand it, but it is undeniably popular. Oh yeah. yeah. Huge. I'm oh, yeah. Boat. And if you say anything bad about it online, they will come for you. Yeah. Just like yeah, the beehive. I wanted to, I wanted to go ahead and be like, this is my fault. I'm not saying anything against K-poppers. This is me. I, this is something wrong with me. <laughs> Not you. Be very careful how you hashtag the preview of this episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested. I get buried. Hashtag, oh, yeah. K- hashtag K-pop stinks. <laughs> 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 
Hey, tra- all traffic is good traffic. Is oh, no. Works? oh, no. <laughs> I hope we don't have a transcript running through this because we just got Googled and we're done. Yep. Um, my next one here is relevant because recently there was a thing pop up with the Royals, not yeah. the Kansas City Royals, but the British ones. I have no interest in anything that they're doing. I understand that they are very important to history. I don't understand why they still are a thing. They have no power. They're just basically celebrities in, in for the, in for the sake of ceremony. So I don't understand it. It's a thing. A lot of people, it was blowing up social media for the last five, four or five days. And I don't have any idea what it is about. So that's fine. I'm just going to sit over here in my pod. I don't understand the obsession with it. Yep. For Americans. Yep. You're British. Yeah. Go all out. Obviously it actually means something to you, but for the Americans to obsess over it the way they do, I mean, it was the same way when princess Diana was around with Prince Charles. I mean, they, it was an obsessive situation with Americans. Then I don't, we, we got freedom from them. (laughs) Who cares about the Royals? Screw them. (laughs) Don't need them. That's a good point. The hatred runs deep in Kitty. Even though I got this European photo. <laughs> I was going to say, Captain Europe there yeah. is, uh, is all of a sudden very anti-British. I guess they did they did secede from the from the EU, so it makes a lot of sense now. There you go. Yeah, Josh, I had the Royals as my next pick. You did? Yes. You, were, you were the one. They were on my list. The, the, they were on my the list. interview like it was something that was supposed to be something everybody should know. Well, my wife's one of them that's obsessed with the royal family, so oh, I see. even – even being in this house, I still don't understand the obsession on like Kitty said. I don't know why Americans would obsess over a system that puts in charge a king or a queen that no one else can be unless you're born to the right parents. I mean, yep. it's so un-American how they <laughs> choose their king and queen. That's... They're so American. They're still American royal families, if you will. There we go. <laughs> We'll need that isolated and popped in one of our new theme songs one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> but to your point, like, how do they make money? Like, how do they get? Yeah. Do they have power over the institution? Anyone? Yeah. Isn't that what it's called? What do I they mean, call it? They make millions, and I that have no right. idea why. They don't get. Yeah. They don't get taxes paid from the. Right. They don't. They don't give like sponsorships to like Sherry Berries or anything, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where their money comes from or the what undies. they do. To- that's right. Me undies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. What is, what is your uh, or to you, right? All right. Since you stole my next pick, I finally got to put out there my embarrassing pick because this this truly is makes me ignorant. And that's I've kind of got a good grasp of it now, but it's embarrassing how far into my life I went without having a good grasp on law terms. So <laughs> like when a headline would come out and say, so-and-so was indicted on murder charges. And I have to think about it and say, indicted. <laughs> like, is that, is that good? Is that, is that bad yeah. for them? I, I, I think you mean sure. indicted, Brian, not indicted. indicted yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, if you hadn't heard that word before and you're writing stuff, you're immediately going to get that one wrong. It's like a, it's one of it's, it's like as bad as like medical terms. It's something you don't hear like yep. every day. And so like someone says, uh, the tumor is malignant and I have to be like, 
Are we supposed to celebrate or am I supposed to be crying right now? Because I don't know what that means. Yeah. I I have to look it up every time. Like I don't even often enough to, to retain a spot in my brain. Sure. Even the medical, when you get a prognosis, it's negative. That's a good thing. Right. Right. Yeah, that's another medical. That's ridiculous too. Yep. Oh, yeah, I legitimately negative. went oh, 14 it. years of my life thinking that cancer and surgery were the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I probably confused a lot of people when I told them so as cancer when they were just having surgery. <laughs> That's a tough break. That is a tough break. But yeah, hey, I, remember. I, I, I set the bar low. So when they didn't, when they realized it wasn't cancer, <laughs> but everything's huge, fine now. Huge relief. They just had a little knee, knee cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I remember, yeah, it took me a while for the equated versus indicted to really yeah. set it in my brain too. Yep. yep. Embarrassing long. It, it is what it is. <laughs> That's fine. Kitty, number two pick. Two and three. Uh, I'm going to go with why the hell are TikTok dances so popular? Ooh, that's a good one. They all just look so damn stupid. Uh-huh. They're just, they're just. Ooh. Done. Ooh, like, yeah. oh my God, that was hilarious. What did we just do? Uh-huh. I just don't get it. Oh, I'm so old. Kitty, yeah, Kitty's, Kitty's is just old man yells at Cloud. Oh, how dare you, young kids, do stuff? Get off my lawn. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I, I don't get it. Obviously, they're having a hell of a good time making all these dances, so good for them. Sure. Yeah. But I Not have. Not anybody. I just, I don't get the enjoyment of it or what makes it so much fun to do a yeah. most of the time cringeworthy, cringeworthy dance. Yes. <laughs> Because there's some people that are very good at it and very funny, entertaining, but there are so many people who are just basic bitch dances. So many more some... people that are God, basic bitch. It's so stupid. It's bizarre. Yep, that's a good. Stop one. wasting my time, Kitty. What's your 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 third old man pick? I'm gonna go a little slightly different than this time. Something that's very popular that I don't understand after living in House BK for a couple years. So many people have only one TV in their living room. <laughs> what a bunch of idiots idiots i mean it's hugely popular like most houses i go to one tv in the living room one people come into my house be like "Ooh, two tvs like yeah i mean what's wrong with you you don't have two tvs in your living room i went a solid 36 years of my life or so with only one tv in my living room yep and i would do the at the same time when i would watch baseball i'd have a royals game on tv usually and then have a other random baseball game on my laptop. So I was already watching two screens. Sure. Yep. Didn't dawn on me just to buy another damn TV and put it up because <laughs> that would have been way easier. And I could have had three screens with a laptop. Three I mean, screens. Get what your phone doing? involved. You have four. Or, oh, man. Oh, that's so exciting just to sure. think about. I mean, how do these people watch the NCAA tournament at home? Yeah. One TV? What are, you, what are you doing? Yep. So, Got to go to the bar. That one. Got to go to the bar. I'm okay, I'm okay with that choice, but I just – Yep. I mean, I just, every night of the week, there's usually more than one sporting event on TV at a time I can watch. So I needed two, at least two TVs to get my daily fill of sports. Sure. And it's great for relationships. You put on what she wants to watch with sound, you get your sports on the other TVs. That yeah. is a, it's perfect. Yep. Yeah. You can watch all the baseball you want without sound because baseball is one of the easiest sports to watch without sound. 100%. Yep. Brian, back to you. Oh, do you take a second? Oh, yeah. All right. 
this is something that breaks my brain every time I see it. I don't know if that falls into the popular category, but every time I'm reading, I see Worcester, Massachusetts. And then I hear people say Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts. And I, and I, it breaks my brain. How do you look at that word and say Worcester? Wooster. There's nothing about that word that says Wooster except for the W that starts it and the R that ends it. Everything in between, it just gets ignored. Wooster. Yeah. Like, and it's, I mean, if, you, if you've ever talked to anybody from the Northeast, they know Wooster and they want to talk about Wooster. And it's like, why do you say Wooster? Someone explain that to me because I don't understand it. It's a good, it's a good point. What? Out of curiosity, especially, especially what brought that up, to your head? Like, what have you seen lately that made that made that remind? I don't you? know. It came across my timeline this past week, and huh. for the nine thousandth time, my brain broke because <laughs> the, I said, "Okay, I'm going to type this into Google, and it's going to talk to me and tell me how this." <laughs> if you do the Google Translate and hit the audio button, it says Wooster. Huh. Wooster. W U dash S T R interesting wooster i don't understand wooster i mean especially from a group of people that love to play put r's in words that they don't need an r in with, uh, <laughs> they just completely Worc- ignore the, the r worcester it should be worcester worcester i'm it's, i mean it's got to go back to uh stupid old england days stupid country <laughs> out of town goddamn royal family once again i mean got yeah, us again it's gotta be them it's gotta be them and influencing america gotta the opposite still. of the gift that keeps on giving it's the, it's the thorn that keeps on sticking <laughs> wooster all right i think that's the title of the episode you um, didn't think that would be going to come up this episode did you did i not. did not i was not. not ready for that um i'm not a big nba guy and I have no idea what this top shot shit is, but it's mm-hmm. by God, it's, I mean, it goes right after cryptocurrency. I don't for the life of me understand why it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like cryptocurrency meets trading cards. And I can, yeah. we, we, we collected trading cards back in the day. We didn't stand in line on our phones digitally waiting for the release of some shitty like digital highlight video that is apparently has just some fluid value. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. understand it. I well, will never understand it because I'm no. not ever going to touch it. <laughs> I don't understand what would make a picture, a highlight GIF, be so expensive, desirable, or or go up in value. Yeah, I don't. I mean, is there only one now of all time that you can you can get? You can't just type in online what you want to get it yourself i just don't see why this would be again yeah i don't i'm with you 100 percent on this i don't understand why that would why i would go up in value yeah it's not I like saw, it's I not saw a product that is a limited <laughs> resource it's it's on your phone on your computer it's nothing it's it's in the ether what the fuck i, I don't get it i looked it up i saw that looked something up and one of the guys some guys spent $170,000 over a six month period on a bunch of them and all that, all the stuff he spent, I'm not sure not all of them made money, but he's the $175,000 he spent is now worth $22 million. I mean, what is that? Somehow, somehow, I don't know how, I don't know how, why, to whom? right. Who's who it's kind of like, what was it when that, uh, the creator of spawn bought that like a rods home run right. baseball or whatever for yeah. 
half a million dollars. Todd McFarland, when he bought, okay, you're the only one bidding against yourself for this baseball. Right. I don't think <laughs> when you try you're to sell it 30 years and no one cares about it, you're right. worthless now. Yeah, so I don't weird. understand it either. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to stick with sports. I got a, I got two more things that I could go with, but I'm sticking with sports on this one. And I'm just going to say, like, the sports talking heads. Like, we are all very aware of what they're doing. They're, they're <laughs> clickbaiting. They're trying to get in under the skin of certain fan bases just to get you to watch their show or retweet them or dunk on them and whatever. How is it still happening? Skip Bayless got another huge contract extension. And he's going to yeah. get another new show. And he is the worst. Colin yep. Coward is the worst. Not None of them know what they're talking about more than any of us do at this yeah. point. So I don't understand how we're still perpetuating this as a society, let alone allowing them to be paid millions of dollars to talk shit. We don't deserve millions of dollars to do what we're doing. They well, damn sure don't. Need. Comparatively, I think we do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just as but good I, a quality. I, I mean, because they don't, they don't do any analysis these guys no they just do a random opinion storyline shout at each other about it and that's yep. it they don't do any analysis at all which that's is a, crazy to me that's my biggest problem though the easiest the, gig in the world like it's skip, the easiest skip thing Bales to do. it's not even random opinion he yep. doesn't even believe what he spouts like he right. knows it's just going to get a reaction out of people like right. there are so many dumb people that watch those shows that how can you believe he doesn't believe that shit he's saying why yeah, are you no watching him? How yeah. is he getting eight million dollars to say shit million. that he doesn't believe? <laughs> That's incredible. It just goes to the how ridiculous the ratings on that show somehow still are that he's on yes. that they oh, can pay him that much money. It's insane. And I, I I refuse to believe that it's just like bars being on during the afternoon, so they're right. just getting ratings that way. I refuse mm-hmm. to believe that because they're still. I see it pops up on timeline every day. They interact yeah. with their stupid takes. They retweet him to dunk on him to get. I, I just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Because ESPN but, wanted to get him back, right? And yeah, at, at a time when they're laying off people for money, they wanted yes. to yeah. pay him money to come yeah. back and argue with Stephen A., which also doesn't believe in anything shit he says. Right, right. You're yeah. laying off you're laying off journalists to hire mm-hmm. Skip Bayless for eight million dollars a year. Good, good Idiot. call, ESPN. Yeah. Good call. Dumb, dumb idiots. Kitty, what's your final pick? I'm sorry, Brian. What's your final pick? All right, I'm going to stick with the money theme here and sports theme here. I don't understand why the NFL salary cap is such a mystery. (laughs) We have resources. We have people that study this like nonstop and say, we think we're pretty close, but their numbers are never exactly what the actual salary cap is. And as a guy who likes math because there's one right answer and all the other answers are wrong with math equations, Mm -hmm. how – how can we not figure out exactly what the salary cap with every team? How is that not? How is it so complicated that we can't figure out what the actual salary cap is? Yep. For each team, like they got fourteen point one million at this site, they got fifteen point two at this site. Like what? It's a. It should be a simple freaking equation to yep. understand what the number is. But if you're not in the NFL, you don't know what that exact number is still. And it's a mystery to me and it drives me insane that we don't have that information readily available for everyone. Cause it's gotta be a simple equation. Here's the contract. Here's the money that goes towards the cap. Let us see what that is, please. Yep. Yeah. What kind of backroom deals went down that 
hit a hundred thousand dollars from people's contracts that somehow yeah. aren't being reported for salary cut purposes online. Like what's, what is happening? And so what yeah, in? Make any sense. What, right. mm-hmm. who's, who gains from not knowing the stupid money? Like, because the, the NFL knows that they just somehow don't put it out. Right. Because <laughs> they're the ones that insane. tax your fine you when you go over. They can't. They can't get our taxpayer money whenever they realize uh, how open the books are. They can't uh. get us to pay for their stadiums <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Kitty, bring us home with your uh, your final pick. Uh, I'm going to go with getting electronics the day they are released. Yeah the super long line for the new iphone or what was the ps5 that came out just still still impossible to find which is that's that that one i guess makes a little more sense when it when the demand is so high and the supply is so low but iphones there's a lot of iphones that are coming out yep you don't need to stand in line for 12 hours the day it comes out to get one because they're gonna have more tomorrow yep they'll be there those, they'll be there tomorrow Malaysian hands are uh, are still just knocking yeah, out apple, they're fast. apple iphones they are fast at work over there in asia sure you're, you're good you'll be you'll be able to get one tomorrow no worries well, that one just that one every time i see the line for the new iphone like, come on guys come on <laughs> we're, we're better than this <laughs> you're supposed to it can't be that important to get the like what is that iphone gonna do that's so ridiculously better that you need to waste that much of your time to get in line and just stand for 12 hours and then oh all right yes this i can now do two this. cameras oh it's a double camera it's so, much, it's so much it's so much crisper my photos they, they have pros wait. now that have three cameras <laughs> for your twitch I mean, stream yeah. suckers what are, you, what are you gonna do i mean yeah, yeah. You just gotta 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 get that new one yep. so yeah that just always boggled my mind when just I guess if you got nothing else to really do, get in line for an iPhone. I think you could rename this draft, get off my lawn. Yes. We have a lot of old man. Very much so. I mean, especially my four picks. It's a, it's a fine line between this turning into like a, an overrated draft or just us being old. Yep. It's a very fine line that we had to, we had to walk. I think we did a great job. I think really. Oh, I, we, we nailed it. Yep. If one of those um, listen to us right <laughs> we we know what we're talking about obviously <laughs> especially when it comes to not knowing things it's, yep. it's that's our that's, that's our specialty um that's going to do it here for the clearing waiters podcast this week uh we do appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to listen to us uh we would appreciate it if you pass it on with a friend let them know that we exist and uh, that you do or do not enjoy us uh, just pass it on it's fine it's you know it, we grow let on them you. judge it yeah yeah let them have an opinion on it that's that's what we're here to do in america so um pass it on to a friend we we uh we want to hear from you guys let us know what we're doing right what we're doing wrong um go check out all the great content over at royalsreview.com we do appreciate them having us around them as well Uh, shout out to the royals farm report podcast they've got some great stuff including an interview with alec lewis from the athletic this last week that was really good Um, so i would uh pump that but yeah i think that's going to do it here we appreciate it for kitty and brian and myself we appreciate you one more time ta-ta for now
It's over. 